You're listening to Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help Deer Creek Church think and act faithfully in a changing world. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help Deer Creek Church think and act faithfully in a changing world. My name is Daniel, and I'm here this afternoon with Aaron and Tim. Aaron is our worship director at Deer Creek, and Tim is our executive pastor. Last week, you guys, we started asking the question, can we really know God? That was the question we began with, and we looked at a good, or we took a good amount of time talking about this idea of revelation and this idea that Christians have always believed that God can be known. He can be known because he's revealed himself. And last week, we said he's revealed himself through two means. The first was the book of nature, which we call general revelation. In general revelation, God reveals himself generally, meaning he reveals himself to every person who's ever existed throughout creation, uh, in the creation and in conscience. So general revelation is one way God has revealed himself to us. Guys, I'll turn this to you now. Last week, uh, we talked about general revelation. Help summarize that discussion, just in case anybody missed it. Aaron, uh, let's start with you. Yeah, well, we see first that general revelation means that God has revealed himself through creation. And something that we said uh, several times is that what creation does is that it reveals that there is a God to be known. And we were reminded of that as we looked at Psalm 19, right? That God revealed himself in creation. The heavens declare the glory, right? All All the sky, everything that he created just speaks of his glory, his majesty. It also means that God has revealed himself through our conscience. And we looked at um, the book of Romans, and uh, we looked at Romans 2.15. So every person that has ever lived knows God because God has shown himself to us in the things that are, that are made. So we're talking creation and in our hearts and our conscience. This is the law that is written in our hearts. And here's what we do, though. This is something that we discussed last week with, with general revelation. Uh, we suppress this truth. We suppress this revealing in our own unrighteousness. And uh, yeah, we suppress that. And even though God has revealed himself in a gracious way through creation, we need more than that. Um, the confession points out that it's it's good to know God generally. That's a wonderful thing. But it doesn't tell us how we, uh, general revelation doesn't tell us how we can be saved, how we can know God as our Father how we can know Christ as our Savior, or how we can have our sins forgiven. So it's, it's something that we're given. It's good, but it's not enough. We need more revelation. We need special revelation in addition to God's general revelation. So what is special revelation, that revelation beyond that we need? Simply put, it means that God has revealed himself by acting in the world to save us through Jesus. And he has recorded that action in the Bible, which is the scriptures. Yeah, I'm reminded of that um, of that idea in the book of Hebrews, the New Testament book of Hebrews. And if, yeah, if you look at um, chapter one, verses one through three, this is how the author of Hebrews starts out. He says, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days... 
He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So this is a this this is speaking of the the fact that look he did speak to us through the prophets he he did that but now we have the very word of God because of Christ Jesus yeah and that's what makes special revelation special isn't it because if general revelation is that God reveals Himself to everyone no matter where they're born special revelation is special because it's not revealed to everyone it is very special in the sense that He only reveals Himself in this way to his people. Um, so it, it's all spelled out there in Hebrews, right? It even says, this is Hebrews 1.1, like you just read, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. God spoke to his people, the original people of Israel, through the prophets. And he says, you know, he did this in many ways and at many times. So God did this throughout thousands of years, and he did it, you know, during the time of Moses. He did it during the time of Abraham. He did it early on when he spoke to Adam. He did it all throughout the history of Israel through prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah. Um, So he did it at various times, and he also did it in different ways. So he did it sometimes through visions, sometimes through theophanies, Uh, sometimes through prophecy, like we just spoke of, sometimes through different laws. And then as you read, but in these last days, he's fully and finally revealed himself in his son. So God has entered history in a person, in Jesus, and he's revealed himself to us in a way that is completely unique. And he only has done that for his people, for the church. Yeah, I also think that something that the book of Hebrews is highlighting there is the fact that those ways that he communicated through the prophets, that, that's not to be expected as normative today. And I think that's mm-hmm. what the, the author of Hebrews is getting at, yeah, right? But it, in these last days. But in these last yeah. days, we got the word of God, you know, because Jesus has come. You know, this is revealed in his son, Jesus, right? Yep. Another way that Hebrews re- refers to that is uh, these Old Testament things were shadows of something that was to come. Yeah. Yep. So you mentioned the word theophany. It's good for us sometimes to define words that we would understand, but others might not. Those are... Those we, are all, we all know. We the, all know what a theophany is. It's yeah. an Old Testament <laughs> um, revealing of God yep. and an Old Testament revealing of Jesus. And so these happened in the Old Testament because they were pointing towards something that would come. And what the New Testament is saying is he's here. Jesus is right. here. So now we have the reality of, of which all those things were pointing towards. Yeah, great key words. We have the reality. Uh, also, special re- revelation is, is special because it's, it's, it's the only way that we can know how to be saved. It's the mm-hmm. way that's revealed in Scripture. I'm yeah. reminded of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, let's look at 15 through 16, verses 15 through 16 say, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. It is special because it is the only way to know Jesus, the one who has saved us. And uh, Mm -hmm. in John 17, verse 3, it says, 
And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So um, when we talk about special revela- revelation well, before, like this... But before you get to that, Tim, yeah. actually, just really quick, you know, because you mentioned something on Second Timothy chapter 3. He uses that word very intentionally, too, that it is breathed out by God. Yeah. And that's really, really helpful. What he's saying there is that the actual words of Scripture were inspired by God. Yeah. That everything that you see in the Bible were the words that God wanted to reveal to his people. Yeah, so if you want to hear from God... Read a Bible. You, you open your Bible. You read your Bible. You, you don't go sit under a tree and just hope for the best. Yes, yeah, so you want to hear God, look to these 66 books, all words inspired by God. They are the very words of God to his people, to us. So so on that, on that note, I, I think most Christians would agree with that much. Yep. Yeah. The Bible yep. is God's word, God speaking to us. Uh, but many people, and maybe sometimes misinformed people, or maybe sometimes people who, who have done um, some theological study would say, but there are other ways that God speaks. Mm-hmm. What about God speaking through other ways? Uh, of course, you know, the Bible, but what about um, creation, uh, God speaking to us internally, you know, the still, small voice of God, sometimes people will refer mm-hmm. to. Uh, Daniel, I'd love, love for you to interact with that. I know it's something you're, you're passionate about. We've had many discussions before. What do you think about God speaking to us outside of Scripture in a special way? Especially since there are numerous books that oh, yeah. I think we're, the three of us are aware of mm-hmm. that encourage us to look other ways. Encourage us to look other ways mm-hmm. and find, find that still, small voice of Jesus speaking to you in your heart and your mind and you know in your you know in the privacy that you just carve out in quietness and um how how can we learn to hear the voice of God so yeah, yeah. I think this is this is a pressing question yeah and I I like the way that you frame that too Tim I, I don't think anybody intentionally sets out to do harm when they encourage to look elsewhere than scripture but nonetheless uh, sometimes that good intention can take on a life of its own and it can actually be kind of damaging. So you, you, you guys just use the example of the still small voice. That's actually, that's a reference of the prophet Elisha. The prophet Elisha was a special prophet for Israel. And Elisha, after confronting the prophets of Baal, was sent to the mountains where God then said he would visit him in a still small voice. And it's very, it's very helpful to, when you think of that story, the Bible is not giving us a prescription on what we should do. It's giving a description of what he did for Elisha. It's describing what God did and the message that he gave Elisha to go give to the king of Syria. Yeah. So if you look at that whole story, it's not a prescription that we should follow this, but it's saying it's a description of what happened. And if you think about it, Nowhere else in the Bible does that happen. Nowhere else in the Bible do we ever hear that idea of a still small voice. It happened one time for one prophet for a very specific message that God was giving. Um, And I would just, for anybody saying, uh, well, what about listening for God in other places? I would be very cautious about trying to replicate things that are very extraordinary 
in the Bible. Even if you think of what the role of a prophet was, it was to hear from God and to speak his message to the people. And so that's a very, it's built oh, yeah. in within his role, unless we're saying, and we could get into this, we're modern prophets. Um, you don't see other people in the Bible who don't have that office hearing from God and That's speaking right. it to other people. And I, I think maybe a parallel to what you're saying would be, you know, should we expect to have the strength of Samson Yeah, to grab a jawbone and kill a hundred men? Mm-hmm. Would mm-hmm. we see that as normative experience? Well, well, why are we saying, well, we shouldn't expect that, but we should expect the still small voice? That's a good point, too, because, you know, when it comes to the still small voice, I think that resonates with us in our culture. Uh, but that's very selective. So for instance, it's not uncommon to see like a lot of biblical study material where they'll say, you know, you need to carve out time to hear the still small voice of God. And they hone in on that passage from Elisha in, I believe, second Kings or first Kings. First Kings. And and so just a heads up, because we're a community of people who aren't perfect and don't pretend to be, is Elijah. Oh, it's Elijah. Elijah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Pastor Daniel Nealon. You know, (laughs) I, I barely passed. <laughs> I barely passed my ordination exam. So um, I get the two confused all the time. But no, you're right. It is. Yeah, it's First Kings 19. And thank and you for correcting right. me, <laughs> Elijah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we can be really selective because that sounds that resonates with us. Yeah, God's speaking to us in a still small voice. But there's other stories in the Bible where God spoke, for instance, to Balaam, another prophet, through a donkey. It would be really strange if you saw in Bible study material for people to encourage us to go hang around donkeys to try and hear them speak because that's what God did one time. So we need to be really careful about when we start prescribing things that the Bible is just describing. Right, and th- there is there is that distinction that's very helpful when we read Scripture, and it's this distinction between the difference of what's descriptive and what's prescriptive, yep. right? Yep. So what what is just simply describing what's going on, and then what is being commanded of us to do, mm-hmm. and what should we expect? And so the instances that you listed here with Elijah and then the story with Balaam, those are descriptive things. Those, those, are not, those are not moments that we look back and say, okay, now we ought to now then expect all those things to happen to us. Yep, and replicate it. And, and try to come out of, come, come with a way to replicate, exactly. Yep. yep. And, you know, as I hear this pastorally, too, when people do struggle with this, um, one of the things I like to really illustrate is you can, you can listen intuitively or sit and listen to God but I think if you ask anybody who's thinking through those things, if you were to ask them, but is that the literal, clear, authoritative, infallible word of God? I think they would all say no. So what I would say then is, well, why wait around for that when you can open up the pages of Scripture and hear the authoritative, inerrant, literal inspired word of God. So instead of listening for a still small voice, listen for the strong roar of scripture, which is clear through and through. Um, I think that's just a more helpful way to go pastorally. Uh, yeah, I, for folks. I heard um, recently a, a quote from uh, Dr. Timothy Keller, where he was talking about this dynamic of hearing from God and speaking with God. And, and I, I just found it to be extremely pastorally helpful. He said, when we want to hear from God, we read the scriptures, we read the Bible, mm-hmm. and we want to speak to God, we pray. So if you want to hear from God, open up your Bible and hear what he has to say. The message is clear, and it's about Jesus and about what he has done. This is special revelation from God in our hands. 
And we, when we want to speak to God, we go to him in prayer. We pour out our hearts to him, our concerns, our thanksgiving, our praises. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we want to hear from God, we open up the scriptures, and, and when we want to talk to God, we pray. Yeah, and Aaron, uh, you know, we've been talking around this. I would, we've been talking about the still small voice of God. And maybe to put some teeth into this, there are books that will encourage the spiritual practice of listening to God apart from the Bible. Yeah. So quiet yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, open yourself up to God and just sit in stillness and see how God kind of speaks to you. How would you kind of talk with somebody about maybe that encouraged spiritual practice? Yeah, I would say that the Bible is very, very clear about the dangers of adding to or taking away from Scripture. I think of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. It says, You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. So I don't think anybody's direct intentions are that they feel like they're adding to the, to the Bible. But <laughs> if you really think about it, that's kind of what they're seeking to do. Yeah, They want something more than what's revealed in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And often they're looking for um, some sort of experience that isn't promised in Scripture. I also think of Revelation chapter point. 22 as an example in the New Testament. Um, 22, Revelation 22, 18 through 19 says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. So when we're talking about this practice and and we are framing this really and warning against it. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear these very stern warnings in Scripture that I think we should really pay attention and heed those warnings, according to John uh, in Revelation, because you're really engaging in a dangerous practice. Yeah. And yeah. Aaron, I'd, I'd be curious, because you grew up in more of a, a Pentecostal tradition where this was actually very encouraged, um, and, and in some ways, maybe maybe not in your particular setting, but in some of those traditions, is actually a mark of spirituality, a mark of being a part of the church, is that you're, you're hearing things directly and you're sharing those things directly with others. Uh, I'd be, be curious for you to interact with that a little bit, because that's along the same lines of, of some of these popular books that are out there that are are um, encouraging us to hear directly from Jesus and to um, to listen to him in that way outside of Scripture. Yeah, no, I, I do appreciate that. That That is true. Um, I did come up in circles with that, did, did kind of run in circles with that. Um, and part of the thing that helped me um, process the way of thinking um, and, and kind of leaving that way of thinking was <laughs> actually, um, help me out, I think it's uh, 2 Peter um, uh Chapter one, is it verse 19? Um, uh, well, anyways, um, uh, oh yeah, it is verse 19. So yeah, Second uh, Peter chapter 1, 19, it says, and we have something more sure, <laughs> the, prof- the prophetic better. word. This is yeah, better. This is yeah. better. So if, if we think that, that we need to learn how to sit down and hear the voice of God the way that the prophets did, we're actually going against the New Testament um, pattern of, uh, uh, that's laid out in Scripture here. Because um, what, the, what the authors of the New Testament are trying to say is, is, it is what you have in the pages of Scripture 
is indeed better than what they had in the Old Testament. It's better than the experience that the prophets provided. Yeah, okay. So, so in a sense, if we if we think that that it's good for us to, to um, you know to receive a word from God, um, you know, in our hearts in the still small vo- voice, uh, it, I think in a sense we're really going backwards. We're going backwards to a place that um, that 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 is really. Um, uh, um, not superior to where we're mm-hmm. at today, because where we're at today with the very Word of God is superior. And, and Daniel, one one kind of related question to that, I would be curious, um, you know, how how would you think about this around preaching? Like, because preaching, you're, you're um, use, utilizing the Scriptures, trying to understand them and communicate them to people, but you're also communicating particular applications for Scripture and, and an approach to understanding Scripture. Does this tie into that at all for, for you? Yeah, because it, when you're preaching, you don't want to say anything more or anything less than what the Scriptures say. So it can be very tempting when you are preaching, to want to make points that the Bible isn't necessarily making. And I think that runs a danger, and we want to be really careful not to do that. And one of the practices that we have here in preaching is we really try to sharpen each other and encourage one another when we're studying a passage of Scripture that we're preaching on a given week to really drill down on what did the original author intend to communicate to the original audience, and how then does that apply to our life today? If you can get that level of clarity around a text, then it's really uh, important to hone yourself in and stay on that track rather than, well, I know this text says this, but I I really think it should, I, I really want to apply it in this particular way over here. Well, if, if that application is outside of what the original author meant for the original audience, then you've probably gone too far. And we want to be careful of that as well. So we always have to check ourselves on these things. So too. God has spoken, and you want to speak yep. the same thing. Yep. God has spoken, and we speak it, and then we just try and faithfully apply that now today. Yeah, and right. I'm thankful that we have a practice here at Deer Creek Church where we do run that by each other to um, get, get each other's backs and really back each other yep. up on that. Yep. Otherwise, I'd be telling everybody Elisha instead of Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank Happens you. Happens to the best of us. Yep. All right. So what I'm taking away from this, strong caution against this spiritual practice yeah. of listening to God. Yeah. Um, and if you want to hear God speak, open the Bible. Yeah. Open the Bible. It's clear. Message is not uncertain. It tells us what we need to know. That's what you outlined for us, Aaron. And maybe as we just wrap this up, I would say I think the impulse in wanting to hear from God is we read the Bible and we say, but this doesn't seem to fit into my day-to-day life. So what we want is God to speak into maybe this particular hard conversation that I have to have with my coworker on this given day. Well, what the Bible is concerned with is actually something much, much more important. Though That's important, and God wants to meet us in that, and he cares about those things. But the overwhelming message of Scripture is God's deepest concern for us, is that we know that we are sinners before a holy God, that we deserve his righteous judgment, but he in his love and grace has given us his son and then poured out his spirit into our hearts to change us into creatures fit for heaven and eternal life with him. So thank you guys. Uh, Can we really know God? Yes. 
but we need to know him through scripture, through special revelation. Special revelation is the only way that we can know the gospel. It's the only way that sinners can know about their savior and Lord Jesus. Creation, it speaks, our conscience speaks, but we need more. We need scripture. And when we look to scripture, we see the roar of the of the word of God. So uh, one final question here, just as a plug, you guys, if we were going to recommend a book on special revelation, if somebody wanted to study more on that, where would you go? Yeah, uh, one resource that um, I'd say is Taking God at His Word by Kevin DeYoung. That's something that we uh, have available for us here at Deer Creek Church. Yep, on the Next can, Steps table. On the Next Steps table, yep. yeah. And so you can check out a copy of that. Um, and uh, uh, by the way, I'm always going to um, plug this. Also, the Westminster Confession of Faith is <laughs> yeah. a, another great place. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Read chapter one. Read chapter one. Okay, well, <laughs> thanks again, Aaron. Thanks again, Tim. Thanks for joining us, Deer Creek, for Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help you think and act faithfully in a changing world. Join us next, next week. We'll be diving deeper into the theology of Scripture and asking the question, why should we listen to the Bible? Why should we listen to the Bible? See you then.